We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. I'm trying something new based on your feedback. Stay tuned to the end of the interview, where I'll give you some actionable insights that I learned from my guest. These insights are also in the show notes, as always. Thanks for listening. Now, for this part, remember one thing. All of your answers need to be in the form of a question. I'll take monumental achievements for 1,000, Alex. Answer. The person that's the 100th interview on the best podcast for entrepreneurs on the planet, at least according to the host. Ding! Who is Sean Gold? That's correct. Sean Gold, you got your wish. You're my 100th guest. Congratulations. Now, let's hear a little bit more about Sean. Sean mastered the art of networking as a nightlife promoter in Miami for 15 years, a time he calls in his life a great experience he'll never do again. He met people of all kinds and learned how to talk to people and earn their trust. Many of these same people are people that are business leaders and celebrities, and they're still part of his network. Sean is a serial entrepreneur and has been an advisor for startups. He now focuses on writing and speaking, sharing all the lessons that he's learned. 
Sean believes you learn, grow, and eventually succeed by failing and never, ever giving up. He cites the book Hagakuri and its lessons on focusing and persistence. He encourages entrepreneurs to have the courage to step outside the box, do the things nobody else is doing, reminding us that Airbnb and Uber were once ideas others thought were crazy. Now, let's get better together. Sean Gold, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Well, thank you so much for being on. Uh, we met through Founders Network, which uh, I haven't had a guest from Founders Network on in a very, very long time. Though well, that... I don't know what to think to say of that, but okay, we'll include, <laughs> we'll include a link below and we'll do a shout out to everyone in the Founders Network to be on the podcast because, I mean, they should be. I don't know what they're doing over there. They're 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 asking meandering questions all day about stuff that they could they, they never heard of Wikipedia or Google. You know, might as well they should be on the, they should be on the podcast. You know, everybody wants to to talk about their business, maybe get some exposure, have some people critique it. That's always fun. You know, so yeah, we'll we'll get we'll we'll get those numbers up together. I know where I'm posting this when it's live. Yeah, appreciate that. No, like a my original idea was I I was originally the or last year, sorry, I was the like regional director for San Francisco. You know, and I wanted to get to know everyone in the San Francisco chapter. So I said, hey, I will interview everyone in the San Francisco chapter. Like, here's my link. Come on, let's talk. I'll get to know you. And like, look, you get this interview of course i'll make you look good you know <laughs> like well you know and i got about 20 i think 20 25 roughly and there's about 150 to 200 in just the san francisco one so that, that's about right i mean yeah, I, I think so <laughs> yeah that's that's actually pretty high you know that's uh yeah yeah, agreed, right? And and so I don't didn't feel so bad because like I tell people when they talk about, oh, you know, my open rates for my email and my sales and my clicks and I'm like, okay, well, here's an experiment. <laughs> and this is the experiment I ran and hey, I think it's a pretty good pretty good one. So I mean, I, listen, everyone should have the opportunity to be on a podcast and share their knowledge and try and help a listener out and really broaden people's horizons. And it doesn't take a lot of time. They could fit it in between doing nothing at work and nothing at home. <laughs> exactly. That's why I do it. So, yeah, so uh, that, that's how we roll it. <laughs> that's how we roll. So why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of how you got to do what you're doing today, because there's like so much to unpack and just, I'm excited to just talk with you about what's going on with yourself. Oh, it's a very simple question that I can break down into 45 sub questions. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've been a lifelong entrepreneur. I mean, I've, I've done a variety of different things ever since I was a child and I'm primarily known for the Miami nightlife scene as I'm a former nightlife ninja. I spent 15 years running that scene penthouses, mansions, festivals, nightclubs, day clubs, celebrities, yachts, boats, anything you can think of I did. I decided to move on once I realized that my crowd uh, thought Y2K was a DJ. You know, it was time uh, it was time to pack it in when that happens. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but I, I was in it for a long stretch of time. And no matter what I do, the, the, the questions will always come back to that stretch of time because, you know, it, it, it's something unusual. 
It's yeah. not something that people, especially entrepreneurs, kind of go into. You know, nightlife. What? It's it's the it's the antithesis. The antithesis of oh, I got to start a company and do this and but deal with real people. And it's really about having you know having the guts to go after what you want to do if it, if it appeals to you and it appealed to me. And not, not just how I came about it, but it led to a lot of different things, such as screenwriting, such as guest lecturing at universities, such as you know writing my books and just crafting a network that's global and international, you know, doing, doing networking before networking virtually and networking clubs were a thing. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I went down the rabbit hole. And I've and also through that, I've worked with a variety of different startups and I've been involved in a few of my own. Um, you know, when, when you say serial entrepreneur, it just, it just code talk for, you know, serial failure. So that's, uh, that's oh. kind of how I, how, I, how I go with it. Serial <laughs> yeah, failure. Yeah, serially, exactly. Yeah, I always like to say failure is always an option, but never the final result, except you sort of like use it as the springboard for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, which well, sounds let's, like... Well, let's be honest. Winning's for losers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is such a fun job. Why wouldn't you not want to do like multiple things and fail at it constantly and continue to have a smile on your face, right? I feel like uh, a lot of people just they're disheartened very easily and they're not as resilient as they should be. And um, they don't realize that it's, it's, uh, it's more noble and, and wiser to make fun of life than to bewail it. So, you know, it's, they're, they're kind of, they like to commiserate and they don't want to take chances and you can't be a true entrepreneur because your whole life is one big risk. I mean, it's gamble after gamble and, you know, you, you just keep moving forward and it doesn't always work out. But when it does, it's fun. And when it doesn't, it's uh, it's not as fun, but you still keep going. You still uh, you still stay on the horse and you still stay on the path. And just the majority of people, it's easier to say you're an entrepreneur and a founder than actually be one. And, you know, it's cool to have a LinkedIn profile that says that. And it's cool to be thought of as that. But, you know, there's a reason that some people scale and, and exit and most people just kind of stay in the ether of being a founder forever it's not meant to be a 40-year gig you know like come on do something switch it up and then start something else and let's keep rolling totally true no i agree i agree i think it's all about progress and trying to find your way you know all you know i sometimes mentor young entrepreneurs and it's so fascinating i mean maybe it's just this next generation that's coming up where, you know, everything's online, everything is like your Insta life, your TikTok life, everything is like, it's always sunny in my world where it's totally not like, no, it's totally not. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, what are you talking about? Listen, it's, uh, it, this is the only time in the history of mankind where you can trade your success and conceal your failure. You yeah. know, it's every, everybody online is, uh, everyone has a Ferrari Everybody is, is living it up. Everybody is beautiful. Everybody is successful. Everybody's happy. But in reality, none of that's true. <laughs> you know, yeah. Every, it, yeah. In re reality, nobody wants to live in reality because reality is tough. You can't really, you can't make a deal with reality. You can only kind of create what you want to see happen, whether it's personally or professionally. And who wants to do that when you can just click a button and take a picture and talk about how awesome you are? And, you know, it's it just something that that's not real. You know, it's very ethereal. And, you know, it's going to have it has consequences, but it's going to have more consequences. So, you know, failure is more common than success. Mm. And 
a lot of people need to get used to it. They need to get used to being resilient. I mean, I tell I tell everyone whenever I lecture or whenever I, I talk or anything that there's two things people need to do, even if they have no interest in doing it. One is become an entrepreneur, and two is try and make it in Hollywood because I'm doing both. And wow. You okay. know, it's it, it, you'll never have a better chance of getting a no, getting rejected, getting door slammed in your face, getting emails not returned. And, and building up this resilience and this experience to kind of keep going forward and no matter what. It's the two best industries that even when they say they're interested and they love it and they want to fund you and they want to make your movie or they want to hire you or they want to, they want to be on your bandwagon, you know, then you can never hear from them ever again. You get all excited. You know, that doesn't happen in other industries. <laughs> you know, other industries, no, it's true. You're, you're great. Let's do this. And then, and then, so then you get a contract or you get, you get a, something happens. These industries is just, it goes into the ether and yeah. you know maybe if you get a no that's good because getting a no is a victory at least someone acknowledged you a yeah. lot of times it's just you don't get a call back you don't get an email back you, it, you might get an email six months from now and you've already moved on and saying they want to talk to you and that's just how it works and you know you need to have that resilience you need to have that 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 grit and the guts and the determination to keep going forward no matter what you know no matter what just, just okay. We're not interested. Fine, I'll go to somebody else. Or we're, it's just not for us. Fine, I'll go to somebody else. You know, so it's it's really something that you know I tell everyone to do it because you'll you'll never have a better chance to build up your resiliency than through just two of the industries that everybody starstruck about, but that are the hardest things to to really come to reality and to bear fruit, so to speak. Yeah. No. Totally. I mean, the 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 VC slow no is the worst possible thing on the planet because they and the, and the producer slow no is even worse yeah because they just <laughs> they keep you in this la la land this sort of like teeter-totter between i don't want to disappoint you but then i don't want to tell you no because it may you know they're they're the ultimate like opportunists that way right of course it's, it's like oh we want to keep you close and sort of figure out what's going on but ah, we really don't see it you know we sort of do but you seem like a cool guy but we're like so emotionally immature that we really can't like say no in a you know you know like, like what you said i mean hollywood's way worse than vc but vc is a close second because i i just it sometimes it bothers me that like just oh, you can't, tell you me can't let it body. You can't. Yeah. I mean, that's just the yeah. way it is. You know, every and the way I say it is, everyone is a gangster until they got to write a check. <laughs> you know, everyone's a gangster <laughs> until you want to write a check. Everyone yeah. wants. Everyone wants to promote how our fund secures a hundred million dollars and invest in founders from the start and blah blah blah. And it's like, yeah, that's great. Where's the check? Where's the pre-seed money? Where's the where's the where's the late seed money? You know, it's. I mean, again, it, it, this is the game, and a lot of people. I like to call it the shark take effect. You yeah. know, the people, the average person that wants to become an entrepreneur, they tune into Shark Tank a half an hour late, change the channel before the next commercial break and says, I got it. <laughs> you know, I've got this. And they don't have anything. Yeah. You know, it, do it doesn't work that way. It just You don't just go in there and pitch in one meeting you're sold. You got to have multiple meetings. And then they have to construct, the, you know, bring in their general partners and their limited partners. And you got to go back and forth. And even then, you know, they're going to probably pass or say no. And you got to have the resolve to keep going. And, you know, it takes years sometimes to, to gain, you know, an investment from a fund or, or even a high net worth individual. It takes years. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's probably, again, one of the hardest thing in the world to do. And that's just the game. And if you're not used to hearing a no, if you're not used to radio silence, you know, you're, you're, 
you're going to just, you know, go crazy. I mean, it's essentially, you know, you're in a room without a clock and you can't see the clock. That's yeah. what it is. You know, yeah. it's you and you, all you have to do is, okay, go to someone else and then go to someone else and go to someone else and try and make things happen. And, and, you know, that's just how, how it works. And, you know, you'll realize that the more people you network with, the more people kind of involved in, in the space, whatever it is, that you're further along than most of them. Cause most people can't even get a meeting, you know, right. they, they, right. they can't even get a, a meeting, let alone a, uh, uh, we'll let you know, they don't even get emails, calls, they don't get anything. Uh. So, you know, for every time you read in the news that, you know, this company is doing a series C or a series D, you know, there's countless others that just couldn't even get, they couldn't even get through the door. They're not even yeah. on the alphabet, not even on the alphabet. Exactly. <laughs> you know? So exactly. all you can do is just keep moving. I mean, you, you just, you have to keep moving and you have to keep hustling and you have to, you know, just have that determination and resilience to say, okay, you know, I'm just going to do go another direction or keep hustling or keep moving. And that's it. You know, you're not going to stop me because, you know, there've been plenty of times where companies and, you know, and, and productions and whatever have been denied by everyone. And then one person said yes. And then it's the greatest thing ever. And you just got to have that one person say yes to turn it into the greatest thing ever. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, I always tell, again, young entrepreneurs and even some seasoned ones. Um, I, I really like the advice of Elizabeth Yin who runs the hustle fund. Um, and it's a long story how I, I know about her, but um, I really loved her, uh, her attitude about telling founders how to raise money. She's like, look, this is a B2B sales process. It has all the statistics of a B2B sales process. So that means that you're going to need to get a lot of meetings, just like in sales, which a lot of entrepreneurs are not a big fan of sales either. They're like mostly like creating their cool thing, right? Yeah. And, and the thing that's interesting is that when you think about the numbers, let's say a venture partner at a firm, at a VC firm. Well, when you go through the math and, and Elizabeth's numbers are, I think, maybe a little higher than this, but I generally, when I think of this math, it's like a venture partner at a firm they'll, you know, they'll get 2000 inbound deals. They'll take 200 meetings. This is per year. They'll take 200 meetings a year. They'll do diligence on 20 of those companies. They'll fund two. Yeah. That's about right. <laughs> about yeah. right. Right. And each one of those partners is only going to be on, like, is going to have at most, they'll probably be on seven to 10 company boards. So pretty much, it sort of cycles every seven to 10 years, right? Because that's about the size, that's about the fund, you know, thing. And once you know this math, it's just math. Then you're like, okay, I need to then, if I want those numbers, I'm going to need to have 100 meetings or more. Probably right? more, probably more. Probably more, right? Let's say 250 and who's counting? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? So, but but once you have that as a sales process, like, oh, fundraising is like I'm selling my company, which I am, I'm selling the opportunity to invest. I need to run it like a sales process. And, and I think the same thing with, I don't know if it's the same with, with Hollywood, but it seems like where the probability of acceptance is super low, you just have to keep on doing shots on goal until the the planets align. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just something that again, you it's hurry up and wait. That's mm. what it is. And mm. that, that's the phrase that comes to mind is hurry up and wait and, you know, get used to just get used to, you know, the usual banter because everyone has the banter. You know, the, it, there's the banter in entrepreneurship and there's the banter in Hollywood and the banter in Hollywood is, you know, OK, we're just not interested. 
We love it, but it's not on our slate. We love you, but we don't think this is the right project for us. Um, we want to revisit this. Keep writing. Uh, we decided to pass. We don't think the market is right for this. Usual. And, and in, in entrepreneurship, it's kind of the same thing when it comes to fundraising or it comes to anything, except entrepreneurship, we have a different type of banter, which basically means we're a 100% bootstrap company and we don't take investors' money, which means I'm funding it myself because nobody wants to fund me. And we've did some beta testing and then we found the results. So we had to lean into our customer base, which means we tested it out. Nobody liked it. And we're changing the entire company and the business plan. You know, mm-hmm. like it's all it's all code. You know, it's all code. We I constructed the MVP on my own. And it's which means I coded it myself. It's barely working. I hope someone takes it seriously so I can hire somebody real to make it to make it worthy for the market. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's all this banter. And it's really, you know, it's it just a nonstop hustle. I mean, that's what it is. And, you know, you have to have this 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 mentality of like, OK, today's going to be the day. And if it's not, then tomorrow, one of these days is going to work. And you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take, as Wayne mm-hmm. Gretzky said, and you have mm-hmm. to keep taking shots. And. Anyone who keeps track of the shots they take might be a little crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, I agree. I, no, I agree. I've lost count of how many people yeah. I talked to or had meetings. Oh, it's like totally. you lose, you lose count. It's not like you're climbing Everest. I know it feels like it, but it's kind of like you know, I, it just like I, it's it's something that you just keep doing. It's not a one-time only thing. It doesn't exist. What what happens is you got to go constantly to have different meetings, different give different presentations, and kind of pop out and kind of you know show show that it's working and. You know, you just need it, it comes down to that one investor that says, let's do it or that one family office or that one VC and say, let's do it. And I mean, there's other ways now, too. You know, there's there's crowdfunding. There's the reg A offerings, tier one and tier two. You know, there, there's different ways to get the capital. It's just a matter of, you know, figuring out what the best way is and figuring out if this could really be something that could work. And you know, at the end of the day, it's up to you to keep driving this. And, mm. you know, a lot of people want to become entrepreneurs because they can't obey others, but then they have to obey themselves, which is a lot more difficult than it sounds. Mm. You know, instead of having someone tell them what to do, they have to tell themselves what to do. And if they don't have it in them, then, you know, it's never going to go anywhere. Yeah. The discipline, the self-discipline is, I think, the one of the most important keys. 100%. You know, discipline and grit to just hear no after no after no. I mean, it's the same thing with uh, like being an author. So you're going to write a book. I mean, you've written a book. Um, four. Come on. Uh, four. Sorry. <laughs> I just saw the latest one. I've written six. Let's let's, you know, tailor the tape. OK, <laughs> <laughs> mine, but but mine's not a number one Amazon bestseller. So I, I appreciate that. But you but you have two extra. So you're ahead of the game. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, what's it's the same thing with books, right? I mean. It's like people say no all the time as, as time goes on. It's similar to all kinds of other kind of high, well, lots of lots of stuff out there, gatekeepers that can kind of, you know, set the stage. But with books, it's changed a little bit because you can self-publish now. Now it's just all about promotion, like the art of the promotion, which is a pretty, which yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, it's. Listen, when I was doing my first book, nobody wanted to touch it. So I did it on my own and I used my entire network to get to the Amazon number one slot and to get to the top 100 business authors slot. And I just repeated that, you know, just because I like, they, like nobody knows anything. That's number one. That's what William Goldman used to say about Hollywood and it applies to everything. Nobody knows anything. If they knew about stuff, they would have a track record of everything they touched turning to gold. And that's not the case. 
So, you know, it, it applies to anything creative. It applies whether you're an entrepreneur creating a company or whether you're an author, whether you're a screenwriter, whether you're a director, whether you're a painter. I mean, it, it applies to everything. You know, what do these people know? You know, they, they the gatekeepers don't really know anything. And again, they're limited with resources. They have to say no more than they say yes. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's the game. So, you know, if you really believe in something, you'll find a way to, to make it happen. If not, you'll just make an excuse. But if you really want to do it, you'll do it. You know, the, the Internet's kind of opened up the world and you can do everything right now. It's just a matter of your determination to get it done. And, you know, if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, you're still further ahead than 90, let's say 99 percent of the population. I'm, I'm confident with saying that 99 percent. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's so important to have that i think that mindset's the the thing that differentiates the quote unquote successful entrepreneur from the non-successful entrepreneur i think it's that just ability to kind of believe in what you're doing and then saying you know what i will find a way and eventually other others will believe um, 100% i mean it's you know miyamoto musashi once said that today is victory over yourself Tomorrow is victory over lesser men. So, mm. you know, it's, mm. it, it, it's basically you have to conquer yourself first. You know, Plato said to conquer yourself is the highest of virtues. To be conquered by yourself is the most vile of all ills. So it's, it, it's really something where it comes down to the mentality and the mindset. And, you know, this just grit and determination that, you know, there are heights of your your personal being where where tragedy ceases to look like tragedy because you're focused on attaining this this grand goal this magnum opus you're 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 taking an inner uh, under an, an inner an inner desire and transforming it into an outer undertaking and mm. you know you tend to ignore trivial things when you do that and most people their whole lives are trivial all they have is the trivial mm. so little things upset them and things trigger them and there's drama and there's, you know, there, there, there's all this stuff. But if you're the individual that's truly focused on the task at hand, it's just like, it's, it's like a mosquito buzzing, you know, it just swat out the mosquito. They don't stop because the mosquito buzzes and, Mm. you know, they just keep going. That's just what it is. I mean, every, you know, if, if I, in my personal life, if I had stopped and listened to what everyone said or what everyone told me to do, I wouldn't be here talking to you. I wouldn't have done all these different things. You know, it's, it's just I, I had a mission and I went after the mission and that's that's how I operate. And I feel like the successful, that's how they operate. They have a mission and they go after the mission. If something interferes with the mission that's trivial, they're not going to do it. You know, they're just they're 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 not. So it, it's something that, you know, you have to have that focus, that laser like pinpoint focus on what you want to do and put all your energy into it. There's a book called the Haga Curry from uh, the Book of the Samurai. You ever mm. hear of it? You know, I think so. I haven't read it, but I, I, I'm familiar with the title. It's, yeah. it's made. It was made famous by the film Ghost Dog. You ever see Ghost Dog? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an underappreciated film. No one's ever it's, seen Ghost Dog. <laughs> oh, you can't. That's, that was uh, oh, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker, right, right, yeah. right, right. Oh, so that's always, such a great movie. He, he'd always be reading from the book from the Haga Curry, and. Yeah. Uh, and so it was made famous by that. So it's an underappreciated classic. We'll put a link down below so people can check out the trailer. And I don't know if it's on Netflix or anything, but it's out there. It's like a 20 year old movie. But anyways, the, you know, the book, it, it, it's, it's a very useful book. And, you know, 
there are a variety of quotes in there that, that apply, you know, essentially to not only just entrepreneurship, but just being focused. And, you know, one of my favorite is that the true aim of a warrior is to know what you want and spend every waking moment attempting to achieve it. And it's just as difficult uh, as it sounds. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that that that's what it is. And, you know, most people don't know what they want. Psychologist Abraham Maslow, who's famous for the hierarchy of needs, right, he said right. to know what you want is not an easy feat. It is a rare psychological achievement. Right. So, you know, most people don't know what they want. They want to be rich. So, you know, they, they become an entrepreneur, but they don't know how to get rich. They, they don't know what company to do. They try to look at what other people are doing instead of trying to create something unique on their own. And, you know, you can see it. There's, you know, right now we're the number one thing or at least one of the top things is, you know, automated workflows and software as a service for automated workflows for enterprise clients. And it right. sounds just as boring as, as, <laughs> as you think it is. And that's what people are trying to do. Everyone has the same model, same subscription thing, same, you know, look at the workforce and let's do this. And it's like, everyone's trying to do that, do something different. You know, it's just, it's, it's all the same. It, it, it's, it's like, well, we're, we're going to make a new Slack. Well, Slack's already pretty good. What are you going to change? Or I'm going to make a new Zoom. Well, we already have Zoom. What are you going to change? You know, create something new. And a lot of people don't want to create create something new because, one, they don't have the vision for it. They don't have the idea for it. They don't know how to bring it about. And it's easier just to copy what, what the market is doing and what the crowd is doing. And, you know, it's, it's just a lot of things are really boring. And I see a lot of decks and a lot of the decks are just really boring to me. Mm. And a lot of these brands are just they're just they're not trying to reinvent the wheel. They're not trying to reinvent anything. They're just copying what other successful entrepreneurs are doing or other successful companies are attempting to do. I mean, it just like like when COVID hit, Zoom was a thing, you know, that was the biggest thing. So all like overnight, everyone all of a sudden had to create a new Zoom <laughs> where not only could you see the person, you could have a separate room and have a private conversation with that person and you could send them emojis and there's video in the corner and you could do everything. And it's just like, like, no, we're fine. <laughs> you know, we don't need any, we don't need another Zoom or another Google Meet or another Blue Jeans or another Uber Meet or what there's, there's a million of them already. Do your market research, you know? Like yeah, we yeah, exactly. The 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 Zoom of or the Uber of or the Yelp of or the Airbnb of type. Yeah, it's the bland it's the blah brand type of thing that you see yeah. a lot in direct to consumer where literally it looks like the website's just a cut and paste with a new product on it and you know, don't get me wrong. Some of those are really quite innovative at the time, but the copycat stuff, yeah, it gets out of hand. <laughs> I mean, it's totally out of hand. It's just like you, you gotta like these companies that you mentioned that you say the the blank the blank air of Airbnb or the Airbnb of this or whatever. I mean, listen, these companies all started off as eccentric, crazy ideas. And yeah. unless you have an eccentric, crazy idea, like who would have thought in tw- 2009 that everybody wanted to be an amateur cab driver? Exactly. You know, I know who would have thought that I'd want to stay in a stranger's extra bedroom. You yeah. know, these are you need to have a centric ideas for them to become commonplace and people just copy it. They just they just copy what's out there. And, you know, the imitation game is real, so to speak. And nobody wants to create something that's truly unique. And, they're, they're, you know, they're we, the world needs new products and new services and new ways of doing things. It doesn't need another Uber. You know, I used to consult with a luxury, like a, a luxury Uber thing, for, copycat for like the 1%. You know, it was, it was essentially Uber for the 1%. That's all yeah. it was. 
you know, yeah. same thing, same thing, except it was Uber for the 1%, you know, um, all, a lot of these companies I, I worked with and stuff, they were just kind of mimicking other companies and trying to do something better or going after a small niche or vector instead of creating something that's truly unique and that's truly remarkable. And I feel like that's where a lot of people get caught, caught up, you know, because even like when Uber came out, you got Uber, you got Lyft, there was one called Chariot, you mm. know, and then there, there was all these different ones coming out. And, it, you know, at the end of the day, everyone's going to say, is it cheaper than Uber? <laughs> and, and when you say no, they're going to stick with Uber, even though they hate Uber, even though it'd be the worst ride they ever had, even though they, you know, the guy driving is probably an axe murderer and there's bugs in the back with a tip jar. <laughs> they will still take it because there's no way that they're going to pay $15 when they can pay seven ninety five and probably get bubonic plague on the way to the right. Disco tech. Or so, <laughs> right, so, right, know, right. That's, that's what it so is. True. I mean, that's yeah, so that's, true. That's so true. It's the race to the bottom, and it's a race that nobody wants to win. And, I mean, people are – they're just not concerned with it. They just, oh, I just want to be doing this because I feel like it's, it's cooler to say you're doing something than to say that you're sitting at home and not doing anything. But when it comes to actually taking action and really, you know – making something that has value that can benefit people and benefit society and do something it's you know it's the hardest thing in the world you know and that's why so many people don't even attempt it because you know nobody wants to be seen as a failure nobody wants to be like to go to a family dinner or to meet people and be like how was that startup you were working on they don't want to say oh it didn't work out and some other one that you don't even know some strangers like oh tell me about it and then they'll bring up a story of someone they saw on the local eight channel eight news or something of how their startup made millions of dollars just to grind the axe a little more and they have nothing no idea how the startup game works but like oh you should check that out because this guy uh yeah he was doing something and it was similar <laughs> to you and uh yeah this guy made like eight million dollars you should really you should you should google him what what was his name you know and it's like Really, you know, so again, nobody wants to deal with that. And then, you know, it's that, that's just how it is. So again, it comes back to the mindset of just, uh, I, I think the theme is not caring. I think it's very important not to care what people think. Heigl said that the, the, the first quality of anything great is to, is to ignore public opinion. Mm. You know, it's, mm. it's kind of, you, you know, you, you can't give in to an anonymous authority of all these people you're never going to meet telling you what they think and you just have to kind of focus on what you do and just not care you know what anybody else thinks because at the end of the day they're not thinking about you Trust no, me. you know, no they're not they're not thinking about what you're doing unless they envy you and that's not going to come until you're successful and then they'll come out of the woodwork and be like i remember you when you started this i remember you i knew you'd always make it <laughs> you know <laughs> i i knew that you were gonna do it I, uh, and, and that always happens i mean that that always happens people will yeah. no, agree will, will, will always come to, to the party when there's a party, you know, they won't stay and clean up, but when there's a party, oh man, and the champagne's flowing because you made it, they're going to be there. We're telling everyone's story and they'll be the first to do the toast. But, you know, to, to get but before you're in the party, back when you're on the corner of the street and no one's paying attention to you and they're laughing in your face. Yeah. Then, then no one's going to be there. <laughs> you know, it's only after, yeah. only after you've tasted the sweet, the sweet champagne of success do they come out. So yeah, it's just, it's just something that people, you know, especially the younger generation, as we talked about that, you know, they live in an, like an alternate reality where what you see online is, is, is gospel and truth. And, uh, and who you follow is a knowledgeable, you know, person, despite the fact that they probably could make everything up. And uh, for only nine ninety five, you can have the ebook that uh, will change your life and teach you the secrets of Forex trading. 
and uh, you know, or or they can take this course that for only three thousand dollars you can be a millionaire. And there's always there's always something where you know that 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 this is how I made my money, and now because uh, I'm a successful, super awesome, super smart guy, my mission is to help one million people like you become a millionaire too. And you can start with my class, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's the whole like the guy that does the click funnels. I don't I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, but click funnels is sort of like that kind of mentality. I mean, he he I mean, I actually bought his ebook. It's actually a pretty good ebook. I mean, you know, for what it is. Um, but yeah, that's sort of similar where um in 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 one sense, okay, yeah, it's a very altruistic thing. Okay, I want to help people, which is great. Yeah, helping people is awesome. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's interesting that I learned from the venture capital game <clears throat> is that when when you're a venture capitalist, you place a bunch of bets. So you're basically covering the spread, right? You yeah. you you have way more shots on goal than the solo entrepreneur. So my guess is with a good enough marketing. Any coaching, any program, quote unquote, to make you an internet millionaire, eventually, as time goes on, because of just the law of statistics, will create some. <laughs> there, there's no because of what you said. Just you just keep going. You keep taking yeah. the shots on goal. And if you've got a hundred people in a program, chances are just by dumb luck, honestly, and maybe guidance too. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna poo-poo that because I think guidance is important too. But you got more shots on goal. So clearly someone will be successful just like venture capitalists are like, we invested in a hundred of them. At least one of them should be good. If we even know what we're doing. And one of them is going to be the billion dollar IPO. <laughs> yeah. Well, and some of them don't even have that because again, it's like they don't have, there is some art and science to it. There is some, you have to have a standard and you have to, you know, hit a standard. And then once, once a company, an idea or a business has sort of hit the standards of acceptability, you know, for whatever, whatever those standards are, it's like a crapshoot. It's literally pulling balls out of an urn on who's going to be successful. And I don't think people like to hear that because they think it's all about their talent and their, you know, but it's really luck. And more importantly, taking the shots on goal, doing out there, being out there. And then over time, you just get lucky. I don't know if, if you've had the same sort of um, experience with it. I feel that, yes, the more you do, the greater the chance of success. And doing something might not always lead to something, but I can promise you that doing nothing will always lead to nothing. That's that's just the the truth of it. Totally, totally. You know, I, I am with you on that. It, it, you you have to kind of just you have to blaze the trail and take a million bazillion shots for that one lucky one to go. And you know you have to have a long term vision. The things the, the connections you made eight months ago or ten months ago are going to come back into play. You know I'm seeing that now. Things mm-hmm. that 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 happened during the start of the pandemic are coming back into play now. So, you know, if you're not making those connections and you're not, you know, working towards something, then, you know, you're just wasting time. And I feel like 98% of the population during this pandemic wasted a year. You know, they just totally instead of making themselves physically stronger, mentally stronger, more knowledgeable, uh, growing their network virtually, however, however they could have, you know, benefited themselves. 
it was just, you know, watching Umbrella Academy season two for the fifth time on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, and, 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 it's a and good show, me, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen it, but apparently it was a thing. I don't know. Again, it, it, was I was, it was a thing. It was a thing. You know, it was just kind of everybody, you know, everyone had to stop and watch the show. And it's like, well, I'm not stopping and watching the show. I'm, I'm writing the next one or I'm looking to, to create the next thing or I'm networking and, you know, and, and that's just how I work. I mean, that's just, uh, that, that's just how my, my MO is. So, mm. you know, I mean, I even had an investor that's like, this year is a sabbatical. And I was like, okay, well, one sometime in your life, you're going to, you're going to have something happen and you're going to cry out. If only I had more time and, mm. and you wasted a whole year doing nothing mm. <laughs> when you, when you should have been on the grind, you know, virtually seeing deals and, seeing what, what, what can happen and seeing who's going to come out of this and trying to make things happen. So, mm. yeah, I mean, it's, um, it, you just, you, you have to constantly open yourself up to as many experiences, to as much knowledge and to as many connections as possible, because you never know who's going to ref- get referred to you or what door is going to open. And, and, and that's the way it's always worked. That's the way it's always worked for me and everything I've ever done. It's, it's always come from a different connection. It's always come from a different referral. Someone thought of me and introduced me to someone. And, you know, that's that's what it is. You know, that's that that's how the game's played. But you 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 have to play the game in order to benefit from it. No, I agree. I totally agree. I mean, what's interesting is that I started this podcast on the exact day that Shelter in Place happened in San Francisco. So March 16th. Oh wow! This I was going to say—is this the year-long episode? This is. <laughs> oh well, I mean, it's it's. I mean, I've done. I've been. It's been a year. I'm I'm, I'm approaching 100 episodes. I, is I'm this episode sure. 100? Are we going to? No, have no, party? no, no, no. I think you're. I think you're like. When I publish it, it'll probably be like 96. So you're. Ah, you're there. Ah, you're quite. You're close. Pick someone off. Bump somebody. <laughs> Bump somebody. I want. I want 100. Yeah. There you go. Well, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with for 100, but yeah, I I appreciate. Okay, that. I'll take 99. <laughs> but but what's interesting is to your point about, uh, you know, this sabbatical idea and this whole thing of like, oh well, the world's paused. I'm going to pause too, and I can see the allure of that. But I have always found that the best time to build stuff is during a crisis, is during a downturn, is when like not only, I mean, where it's harder to do, but like when things turn back on, you're ready and you've done the hard work and you've ground, you're grinding it out and you're helping. I mean, you know, like I said, I've, I've almost interviewed a hundred people for this podcast and each one of them has been an awesome conversation of someone I've never met before. And we spend an, about an hour talking and getting to know each other. And to your point, you know, people I've interviewed a year ago, you know, come back around, Hey, what are you up to? You know, there's, Oh, like, how can I be helpful? How can I help you? You know? And I know them now. And that's beautiful because part of why I did this podcast and why I wanted to start it was one wanted to share these great stories that I would hear all the time from awesome entrepreneurs Two, the networking thing you talked about, I'm I'm kind of bad at, and I don't like to do it, <laughs> to be honest. And so I'm like, well, how can I practice getting to know someone where not only does it benefit me from my own personal growth, but also benefit them that, you know, we have a conversation and we maybe, learn, like you said, like teaching some people, learning experiences, like having a good conversation about what it's like on the entrepreneur journey. And this was like the natural way to go. And I'm like, 
really one, I'm really proud of myself for like sticking with it. Cause it's hard to do what well, I mean, of course. Uh, you know, and it's, it's a challenge, but second, I've seen the ripple effect, not only in the contacts that I get and the people I talk to, but I'm just now better at talking. So you may think, well, why does that matter? Well, when you're pitching a company, an idea, a book, a screenplay, anything creative, it's all about how you present it. And so if you're if you're used to talking to people that you don't know and being comfortable and you know having a conversation where you can kind of guide it the way you want it to guide it for an entrepreneur that's like skill number 1 is the pitch so 100% and skill number 2 is hitting that pitch <laughs> yeah home run right i know exactly right <laughs> like oh here it comes and crack right yeah um and and so it's fascinating because i i mean i really and now that I think about it and what you've talked about, you know, with entrepreneurship and Hollywood and screenplays and any kind of artistic endeavor, I'm just curious, like, you know, you started out promoting clubs and events and stuff in Miami. How has that experience sort of rolled over into these other things? Because I, I got to imagine that just must have been a great proving ground and training ground for what you're doing now. Well, yes. I mean, one, you talk about networking. I mean, that was the best networking ever, you True. know? Totally. Um, so when you get to the level that, you know, I found myself at, you know, you weren't dealing with like someone that had a fake ID that, you know, oh, I heard I can get on a guest list. You know, you were dealing with like a VP at Goldman Sachs. You were dealing with, uh, you know, a general partner in a venture capital fund. You were dealing with a high level producer. You're dealing with celebrities. And, you know, you learn how to navigate the archetypes of, of people, of how they, of who they are and how they interpret information and what their individual needs are. And, you know, I was dealing with hundreds of people throughout the night. So, you know, in a month, you meet like a thousand people, you know, exchanging business cards and getting, you know, getting wow. their contact and then they would send you people. And, you know, you wow. just, you, you, I found that it made sense to possess a great deal of knowledge. And, you know, so that way, if somebody was from Wall Street, I could talk, you know, finance. If somebody was a doctor, I could talk medicine. You know, you, you had to be able to be on your game and have a lot of different knowledge. And, you know, that helps. And, you know, going forward, I mean, my network, especially now, is from those days. Because before somebody was a, a vice president or a founder or, or anything, they were, you know, Usually, a, you know, a college kid that was drunk and didn't have any money and didn't want to wait in line, <laughs> you know, so yeah. it was I was always the guy that had to, like, sneak them in or, you know, get them in or cut the rope or something. So, yeah, there, there, it just I, I have a I have a lot of people, friends in high places and low places, and they all like me. So it was it was very <laughs> it was very good for networking. And then, you know, as I got into it, it opened the doors to other opportunities and. You know, even now, the, the connections I made, you know, 15 years ago or whatever still come into play. And, you know, it's all about character because I never like I never intentionally tried to set out to ruin someone's night or anything like that. They did that all on their own. But like nine, 99% of the people that contacted me, you know, they always got in and I was always true to my word. If it's like, listen, if it's going to be 50 bucks, pay the 50 and you don't have to wait three hours in line or, you know, if you want to go here, you have to be here at this time and I'll get you in. Or if there's free drinks or if there's free food, because a lot of people just promise the world and you get there and there's nothing there. 
you know, and people will be like, well, this person's like, you know, a shady person. Whereas me, it's like, trust me, there's going to be free food and free drinks and there's going to be a performance by so-and-so. They're like, no, there's not. I was like, trust me, there will be. And then they get there and everything is true and they just can't believe it. So, you know, it was just about being true to your word, knowing how to deal with people, having a great deal of knowledge, helping people out. And what I also learned, you know, is I pretty much got a street education in human psychology, which is priceless. Because as I got into one of the latest projects I'm working on, which deals with a lot of psychology, all the books I read and all the research I, I did kind of, you know, just opened my mind to confirm what I already thought, you know, just from working doors in South Beach and, and all yeah. these places and, and having to deal with all these different types of people. So, yeah. So that's uh, that's how it worked. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I've never done that sort of stuff before, but don't get into it. <laughs> that was not a good time. To yeah, start. yeah, I'm yeah, I'm too old. I just I like I like to watch you know Netflix and chill kind of thing nowadays. You know, yeah, no, I'm into I, you know other stuff. Right I, now. I understand. Yeah, no, trust me, I'm too old for it. And I and I and I did it for a long time. You know, so I mean, listen, my schedule. I used to not get to to whatever I was working till like midnight. All right, and I wouldn't go to bed till five in the morning, and that was just standard. So it wow. wasn't, it wasn't good to start your day at like one every day. And that's what every day was. And, you know, that was my schedule. So now it's, it's completely different. I mean, you know, even before the pandemic, I was doing, I was still doing private events and stuff like that, like celebrity driven events and, you know, high end things like that, but only cause they were early. You know, if they said come at midnight, I said, that's not happening. Come at seven 30. Okay. We're the party's on, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'll be home by 11. This is great. Um, you know, so yeah, that's, uh, I mean, but but it, it, was, it was a great experience. It's a great experience that I'm never going to do again. And I don't advise people to ever do it. <laughs> you know, I don't, I tell them, you know, just listen, it's fun, but, but behind all the fun, there's a lot of annoying, uh, there's annoyances, there's drama, you know, there's a lot of egos that have to be massaged. There's a lot of stupid stuff that happens. And, you know, it's, it, it, it kind of ruins things for a lot of people. For instance, you know, if someone's like, come on a yacht and we'll hang out for the day, I won't go just because, you know, I, I remember being paid to go on yachts and throw parties on yachts. And it's, you know, it's fun for the first two hours, but by hour seven, when everyone's drunk and passed out or fighting, it's not such a good thing to do anymore. You know, no, so it's, 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 it's like, you know, the, the, the 32nd reel seems fun, but to be out there, you know, for a whole day is not fun or a whole night. So yeah, there. I mean, there, there, there's things that the general populace just doesn't know, and that's with everything. So when it comes to all those stuff, like you know, I just stopped going out beforehand. I was social distancing before it was cool. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. It, before it was a thing, I was yeah. doing it. Um, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm yeah, self-imposed exile, and that's the way I like it. So yeah, it really. I mean, it, it was definitely a boon. I mean, I was 17 years old and. I was already doing stuff beforehand. I had an e-commerce business, I had an educational assistance business, but that was the thing that was the longest stretch. And, you know, when you're young, it's like the greatest thing ever. And then when you get old and, you know, everyone else is young, it's not, it's not so great anymore. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like I was getting, people were asking when I was graduating, even though I was already gone from college for like 12 years. And I keep saying, well, this is going to be the year. I finally hope so. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, it's only fun to be Van Wilder until someone goes, what's Van Wilder? And then exactly. you just drop the mic and go home. Because that actually happened. What's a Van Wilder? And why do they keep calling you that? <laughs> so it's yeah, like, okay, yeah. 
uh, party's over, kids. I'm out. Yeah. No, no. That's 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 when it that's when it hits home. Pretty. Yeah. Pretty it, hard, it, so. it hit home. That was it. I it hit home, so I went home. <laughs> wow. Well, Sean, it's been great chatting with you. I really appreciate your time and uh, just love the stories. And I think just such a such a keen insight into how these relationships matter much more than people really realize. And I'm just so glad you could take the time to share it with us. And of course, now that we know each other, I'll definitely be uh, keeping you on my radar, so to speak. Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Do you, do you think it was uh, important enough to get me that 100th episode or? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to, we'll have to talk about that offline. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'll take 99, but I don't want to be like, he's the hundred and one episode. Like, no one wants to be that. That's, that's like, it's like, you know, in the top 100 companies, you're like number like, like 63. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm on page like seven of the list. Yeah. You gotta be uh, like, there's a certain tier you have to be at, <laughs> like where, you know, the average person is going to look at the at the last ones or the first ones and like uh, anything in between. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, and everyone wants the accolade. It's like, I was 17th out of 150 people listed. It's like, okay, it doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So just throw that out there, but. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. We'll figure yeah. it out. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. It was my pleasure being here. And yeah, I mean, you can, um, you can follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter. And once I'm vaccinated and you're vaccinated, you can follow me in person. It'll be yeah. great. It'll give you a hug. It'll give you a high five. It'll be, be, it'll, that'd be it'll, great. It'll be amazing. I you know. know. I'm looking uh, forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Sick. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun and I hope everyone uh, listening truly learned something. Feel free to reach out to me. I always respond to all my emails, um, no matter how ridiculous they may seem. And I do get some ridiculous emails. So uh, you have, you have my permission to do that. And uh, I, I hope you, um, I hope you learned a lot, especially to watch Ghost Dog: Way of the Samurai. <laughs> Streaming exactly. now. Exactly, <laughs> I'm definitely going to link to Ghost Dog. I love yeah, it. Yeah, put the link. There. Just to show us a, a lesser known gem of a movie. Yes, <laughs> yes. All right. Thanks a lot. Stay safe. Thank you, sir. Thanks again, Sean, for being my 100th guest. Wow, can't believe I've done 100 of these things. It's amazing. So, as promised, here are some actionable insights I learned from Sean on my 100th episode. Don't care about what others think of you. Stay focused on your dreams. Don't just copy someone else. Do your own thing. Find something new to bring to the world. And this is really important. You know, we talk a lot about how great artists steal. Well, they steal the ideas. The execution is super important as well. And if you do nothing, it leads to nothing. Even if an action doesn't bear fruit, you have to keep on trying. And this is my whole thing about how you kind of make your own luck. Well, the more opportunities you have, the more shots on goal, to use a sports analogy, the better you will get, one, and two. Eventually, you'll probably get lucky and something will happen. So those are all the actionable insights that I learned from Sean. Thanks again for listening. And wow, isn't it amazing that this is my 100th episode? Thanks again. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learn something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better 
as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur and, frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.